The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Moreau Catholic High School, the Congregation of Holy Cross, and any other agencies, organizations, employees, or company associated with Moreau Catholic High School. Assumptions made in the analysis are not reflective of the position of any entity other than the participants slash authors. Injustices prevail in this world every single day. But we cannot let these injustices threaten our world. We cannot let evil destroy our good. We cannot sit here and pretend like everything surrounding us is okay. We all have a voice. And as people, we need to let our voices be heard. It's time to speak out. Hello, everyone. My name is Clarissa Guevara, and I am a former social justice leadership member, class of 2020 at Moreau Catholic High School. Hey, everybody. My name is Evan Mao. I am a former ASB member from the class of 2019 at Moreau Catholic High School. Hi everyone, I'm Rihanna Felix. I'm a former ASB member and I'm from the class of 2020 from Rural Catholic High School. Hi everybody, my name is Boston Palacios and I too am a uh, from the class of 2020 and I'm a former campus minister. Speak Out is a podcast hosted by the Social Justice Leadership class of Rural Catholic High School in Hayward, California. The purpose of Speak Out is to amplify youth voices. It's meant to provide a platform for youth to gather and have conversations on topics and issues that affect us. It is a platform to hear stories, experiences, and narratives from our students and community. Today's episode is being filmed via Zoom. With the rise of Asian hate crimes, we wanted to have a discussion on what it is like to be Asian American today. Personally, honestly, I don't know how to feel about it. Like, I've always been like taught that I should just keep quiet and like not involve myself when it comes to like things like this, um, being an Asian American. And I'm frightened because I'm not sure what to do. Like my parents are of that age and I never really thought of it as this important and huge issue until I started to realize that it was actually happening in the Bay Area when I saw all of like the news and the headlines of all of the hate crimes that are happening to Asian Americans. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Um, like when I was asked to join this podcast, I almost didn't feel qualified because um, throughout my life, I've always identified more with my Hawaiian side, um, just because that's the culture I was really familiar with growing up. But even the majority of me is I'm like sixty to seventy-five percent Chinese, so technically I am, you know, I'm more Asian. I've ever identified with it. When I hear all these, you know, I, I watch, I turn on the news and I see these hate crimes. It's just, like, I, I don't know how to react because it's, it's so frustrating. It's so sad. It's so disappointing that the way, you know, people of color in general are just targeted. And when these things started to happen after, you know, the pandemic hit and these things became more apparent, even though it's been going on for a while, 
I wasn't really shocked, which I think is just a, a, like a more emphasis on just it being really disappointing. Um, I, I, I just don't really know how to react and respond. Like I will, you know, repost on social media. I will talk to my, you know, my parents about it or my friends. And it, it's crazy because I go to school in Austin, Texas and, you know, all the Asian hate crimes are, I feel like majority of them that are being, you know, put out there on social media and, and news stories is back at home, which is where most of our community is. And it's just, I don't know, it's just very unsettling uh, for me. Yeah, I agree. And like seeing those posts on social media makes, literally makes my blood boil. And then the fact that I don't see it on like national news, like I see it for like one headline, mm-hmm. why is an Asian attack? Like the fact that I had to learn about that attack through a repost on Instagram makes my blood boil. Cause I'm like, why isn't the media covering this more? It's because Asians like are known to like, just stay silent. Like it, it's like a thing, it was just like, okay, keep going to school, be, like keep studying hard and like all your problems will go away. Like that's the type of like Asian culture in America. And I came to realize that um, back in March when as soon as the COVID-19 um, pandemic like really hit, I started working for um, the Stop API campaign and we were getting like reports like there was a spike in reports mm-hmm. and then it kind of died over the summer there was still some um asian report asian hate crime reports throughout the summer but then like all of a sudden there's like such a spike and i can't i can not even like my the director of it can explain why it's happening i don't know what, why it's happening i want to know why it's happening like you always ask whenever you see like um a lady who in a video and no one's helping her you're just like why like why first off why did she get beaten and then second why is no one helping her and why are people just standing around closing a door like that that ooh, i don't even know like how to describe it yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. yeah i know this this it's it's really it's really been hurt hurting um for me especially um and all of us um really hurtful and to see that most most of these not all but most of these attacks are focused on on the elderly and you know we're taught to respect our elders um you know listen to them and just to see that a lot of people are targeting those who are defenseless um a lot of times helpless um and i could see that i could see like my grandparents in in their shoes um my grandma lives in daily city and then my other grandma and grandpa live in Newark. Um, And just to see that it's now unsafe for them to go out alone to maybe shop for groceries or to go out and even see um, their grandkids once in a while um, and to be targeted and like racially profiled and all that. It's it's, it's really hurtful. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Scary. And very scary. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Um, The thing that like angers me the most though is that like this isn't a new thing racial dissonance against asian americans have has always been a thing but it's just been masked by this facade like there's no such thing as the model minority that's a myth we can all like agree to that there is no such thing as a model minority it is a facade to cover up systemic racism against blacks like it's not a thing yeah and I think it's that, you know, that even though it's, it's not a thing, you're correct, but, you know, it, it's something that's been almost internalized just growing up. 
Um, you know, we're taught to, to be quiet. We're taught to, you know, just go back to doing our homework, to, you know, being respectful, to just put our head down and, you know, just keep marching through and eventually it all go away. But like, I think that's the reason why I don't know how to handle this situation is especially just because, um, you know, we're, we're taught to never speak out. We're always taught to shut up, be quiet. We're taught to, you know, just ignore everything that's going on because, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta hold the standard of, of the minorities. And yet, you know, when these things start to happen, when, as Rihanna said, when you see, uh, as Rihanna in Boston said, when you see elderly people being beaten in the street or just shoved and slamming their head on concrete for people who are 70 years and older, like it, it it's when, when, when can we not stay quiet? When can we speak out? When can we not shut our mouths? When can we make our voices heard? And I think this is something that definitely has to be a priority as we move forward, especially since, you know, we have a new legislation as well, because even for the past four years, it's been much harder to speak out because who knows what could have happened? I mean, we saw what happened to the African-American community and now it's kind of switching over to the Asian community. And even, you know, during that same legislation, there was a lot of um, hatred towards the Hispanic community. So it's just, I had a conversation with a bunch of friends in college um, or it's just like, who's next? And I think that's just such a sad mentality to have because everybody is always targeted. And it's just, it's just like a circle, it's a round robin. You know, it's like, who's, who's gonna be targeted next? Yeah, I agree. But yeah, and like what frustrates me is that we're not really taught like any of the racial dissonance that happens to Asian Americans throughout history. Like we're taught that Asian Americans helped, like helped build the transcontinental railroad, the building of infrastructure during the gold rush um, how that brought many Asian immigrants to California alone. Like we're not talk, we don't talk about how racial dissonance in education. Um, a case that like comes up to my mind is Tate B. Hurley, which is um, a case that brought upon um, a, the San Francisco, like in San Francisco, a Chinese student was not admitted to a school, even though she resided in the district. Um, like that's just something that we're not talking about because Asians are always like known as this model minority. Um, how like that everything is based on a meritocracy um, that Asians are the like prime example to, oh, well, minorities can do it. They worked hard and they were able to get it. And it's revolving around this idea of this meritocracy instead of addressing the systemic issue of racism of systemic racism in general. Yeah, yeah. to go off that, Clarissa, I, I took a, a Filipino histories class um, just this past quarter and learning about um, US colonialism over the Philippines in the 1900s and not having heard of or gone in depth or learned of that before um, was pretty surprising. And seeing how history books have played it as you know, the US uh, having a helping hand, reaching out to those who have um, to, sh to share that sense of freedom and uh, spirit that Americans are supposed to um, have. But and likewise, they, they literally destroyed a lot of the indigenous culture, um, a lot of what was set in place before. And to see that, uh, to learn about that just now in college um, 
was surprising. And I know this could go across many different countries that the West, not just the US, but the West has done in so many um, Asian, African, uh, Latin countries as well. Yeah. I What's interesting is that like who made that model minority? Like who's the one who implemented it? It was yeah. colonizers and like colonizers, yeah. Yep, yep. Onto us is just to like control us kind of like being like, okay, you remain um silent, like silent, you know, can just like live happy in America, you'll be fine. Like I feel like that was placed onto us. <laughs> and even till now the racial caste system is still an act. Like where like universities, for example, when they report back their students, like there's this huge number of Asians that attend the school. Um, and there's always like, and just in general, even in like the beauty industry, um, we post like central focus on East Asians, um, like, like Bhutanese, like Americans are literally one, like defined as one of the poorest Asian American, like Asian American communities in the US. And that's not discussed. Like, we're all like the the world revolves around saying that Asians are successful and that they're the minorities that were able to succeed from being like from being oppressed from all this history that there that there's nothing that, that that can stop them in order from beginning that success and that's like false because we discredit all of these other Asian communities that are being oppressed by all of these different measures by the system. Um, but I kind of want to talk about like how scared I am to be a 5'2 Asian girl right now because I'm too scared to even go on a run like when it gets dark like I like now I have to run like now I run in the morning and I'm like always vigilant about my around about my surroundings and then I spontaneously secretly went to the stop AAPI 8 hate rally over the weekend and my parents were like literally mad at me because they're just like you could like what things could have happened like they're just like you could have like, attacked just going to that rally but what kind of made the rally worth it like worth the fear for me okay first off I should not be in fear that's the thing but when I was at the rally there were so many Asian like Americans from different like cultures and then there was like trans signs translated in different languages and then they were like, even if I didn't speak their language, I still felt the power from, and like the drive just from what they were saying. Like, I don't understand Chinese, but I could just tell how like, um, it was a ch elderly Chinese um, woman speaking. I don't know what she was talking about, but she seemed angry and she didn't want to like be silent. I could already tell from her. And I just saw um, all Asians of all ages, like from, elderly to the youth to like kids and parents bringing their kids because they, they said it's something they need to start teaching their kids because it isn't taught in our gen is really taught in our generation I know my parents are just like it's okay just be sure to like just just we just be aware of it but don't do anything about it that's why I got in trouble for going but it's okay it was worth it but yes like I was scared just that rally and I'm scared just walking um, just running and sometimes going to the like, grocery by myself I like target like walking down the parking lot at night that's kind of scary mm -hmm. yeah I agree like someone who's literally 410 like I get so scared to even like speak out I'm I'm 410 and people look at me and they don't perceive me as someone who's gonna use their voice to speak out and that's like such a huge problem because 
like even in a time like this and stuff it's crucial that we speak out but yet i still feel like silence i know um going back to like a specific instance i know when this like really hit hit me um was when i was working at at my job at a grocery store and it was um maybe late one night um and there was all of a sudden this loud loud commotion um between an asian an asian couple and an older uh caucasian man and then it just hit me like you know this could this could happen anywhere especially even here in in, in the bay area and that really that really just shocked me um witnessing do i do i know if it was a racially motivated confrontation i don't know um but just to see it could have been here um that was uh, kind of surreal in a, in a way um to to see at home and then hear it hear hear about it through instagram stories and all that what i wanted to point out is that i always thought like oh, i'm safe in the bay area the bay area is like diverse mm -hmm. Um, we live in kind of this bubble where um, most of my friends, I'm like, most of my friends are Asian. I see a lot of Asian people in like the area I live, like I'm totally safe. And then I see like on a repost on social media, not on the news, is that like this girl who was 19 got shot in the eye because she was at a stop sign. And I was like, that girl, that girl's around my yeah. age than me. And it's just like, when you see the headlines, like San Francisco, and then it's like uh, another city in the Bay Area. It's like, that's shocking. The fact that it's happening in like such a diverse area, especially in California. Like you, not saying like all the, uh, no, yeah, no, California is pretty diverse. So it's just, mm -hmm. it's even more shocking. And it hits so hard because it's at home. It's like, what, a 40 minute drive across the bridge. It's like so close. And it's just, yeah. it's just shocking. Cause I would like think, and then especially in New York too, New York's diverse too. Like they're, and they're pretty progressive. So I was like, what? It's like, it's happening in these major cities and no one's talking about it. Yeah, um, I, I totally know what you mean, especially like, you know, you and Boston were talking about just that fear and that, um, that, that feeling of not being sure. You know, growing up in the Bay Area, I always thought, oh yeah, I was gonna be completely safe. You know, I'm Asian, just, you know, my whole block is Filipino family. So it's like, you know, it's just, it's something you've grown accustomed to. And with all these crimes coming up and, you know, there's all these issues with law enforcement and whatnot. I got pulled over yesterday because I forgot to turn my headlights on. I drove probably a total of 20 feet and I got pulled over and I had that, that second, you know, that second guessing myself was just, you know, this could go really south really quick. And I've never felt that way before. And it was, I was, I was a little shaken up, like the whole drive home, I was really quiet. I didn't, you know, she was, she was very friendly, but just that feeling of not knowing and, you know, it, yeah, it, it was just, it was a very sensitive uh, 15 seconds before she approached the vehicle, you know. Yeah, like, honestly, speaking about, like, how diverse the Bay Area is, let alone, I like can think of instances where I've just normalized stereotypes that I've just been told, like how when I was like a little kid, people used to comment about my monolids in my eyes. Like I never really felt Filipino in my own like skin because of all of the stereotypes that were that I was told. I was told that I didn't look Filipino because of my monolids. 
that like oh like can you even see because of like how squinty and like small your eyes are like even still to this day people will make yeah. comments about my eyes yeah no i i had a i had a very similar uh, scenario because uh, i go to school in austin texas and you know, it makes me think because a lot of the Asian hate crimes that are being reported right now are through, are the ones that are happening like in California and you hear the ones on the other coast, like, you know, these diverse cities. Mm -hmm. My thing that I worry about is what's really going on, you know, in the areas that there isn't a lot of Asian representation. Um, I used to work at, a, I used to work for a catering company uh, my freshman year of college and, you know, Texas is very different from California. Um, the area I'm in is very diverse. However, there is a lot of, there's a lot of areas where, you know, it isn't diverse. And so, you know, when I'm doing these catering businesses, I, I was catering at a wedding one time and I was, you know, I'm really stressed out. We were like under, we were undermanned and I'm trying to bust these tables and move these plates and I'm trying to move something. I bumped to this guy and, you know, he's, he's, he's very drunk and he, he yells me, he goes, watch out, why don't you open your tiny eyes, you chink? And then he literally spit on my shoes. And I was, I, I didn't know how to react. That's the sad part. It, it all happened. And, you know, he's, I'm 5'7". He's probably 6'2", six, 6'3". Six, he's having a great time. He's at a wedding. But just that hostility that, because I've never been called that before in a derogatory way. You know, if you're with your buddies, you joke around with it, kind of like that, you know, racism within ourselves. But that's a whole other issue. But it, I don't know. It, it was just so, I couldn't even look him in the eye. I didn't even know how to react. I didn't tell my manager. I didn't tell my boss. I was just, I, I just shut down. He spit near my area and walked away. And I, it always irritates me. It pisses me off that I didn't react. Cause again, I'm, I'm, you know, following that shut up and be quiet you know, mentality and it, it frustrates me. So especially with all these things coming out, like that was about a year and a half ago and with all these hate crimes coming up now, you know, it, it's just so, it's so sad. It's just really sad. Yeah. It's like, it's like how much, how much more wasn't reported, you know? Yeah. How much, so that's what I think of have, all those other, have we yeah. not heard, right? Yeah. All those right. other instances and all those scenarios of like, what are, what is going on in these areas where Asian population isn't as, you know, strong because most, most of those populations are really strong on the coast. Right. And it's just, it makes you think if all these are being reported in New York and land all these places with big media platforms, what is going on to those who are living in areas where there isn't a lot of media population and that just that just doesn't go for Asians it goes for you know all other ethnic and communities and people of color yeah exactly like even even headlines that should be bigger than what they usually are aren't like mm -hmm. there's so much more that we are blinded to and that we don't know that's happening behind the scenes and it just mm -hmm. kind of frightens me because mm -hmm. it's like well, what's gonna happen next who's the next target exactly and I, I feel like and I like how you said the part where um, you know, it's not being reported as much as it should be, or people often diminish what is really going on. Like for the, the, the hate crime that happened, you know, I can't remember, there's so many, it happened a short while ago, the guy who walked into the massage parlor and, you know, shot, what, nine people because they didn't give him service and both, you know, majority were Asian and people were saying, oh, well, you can't really consider it a, a racial hate crime. 
And I'm like, you walk into an Asian massage parlor and you just killed nine people. What do you really expect? That is a hate crime. And I've had people talking about it and they're like, yeah, well, you know, maybe he was just, you know, trying, he was looking for some other stuff. Like, but that doesn't matter. Nine people just died. And you're just going to completely diminish and forget the fact that nine people just died. Those are nine lives. Those are nine daughters, wives, husbands. It's justification that he's having a bad day. Yes. Oh my God, that pissed me okay, off. Okay, so, so let much. me just yeah, exactly. Let me just have a bad day and just like kill a bunch of people because I'm having a bad day. It was a hate. Every- <laughs> it's like simple. It was like this. Yeah, plain and simple. It's a hate crime. And then the fact that it's just like not considered that in the eyes of the court is crazy. And yeah. And it's and look at the, okay, I watch the news a lot, and I don't even see a lot of coverage on it, which is like I'm shocked about. And mm-hmm. it also has to do with like the fetishization of Asian women. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I know. Okay, I haven't like been called like a chink or like fat on or something like that. But I've like definitely like had like. Well, like white guys come up to me like you're so pretty for an Asian like mm-hmm. what's, someone asks what's your shoe size like is it like size six and Asian like, I looked at them and I was like okay what and I walked away that was so weird but um, like it's just this just the fact that like what type of Asian are you like please tell me you're um East Asian because like I guess like um there's like this whole thing like being a dragon lady or like mysterious and like a healer with like um, being East Asian, mm-hmm. well, you know, but I just have really cheeky eyes, so yeah, that that plain and simple, it's a hate crime, and I know that you know, not it's not in the news a lot. Yeah, and I think what Clarissa said of the justification was the man had a bad day, and I don't know about you guys, but for the past year, this whole pandemic, every day I've woken up has been a bad day. But you don't see me going outside and just killing you know ten, nine. No, like yeah, like oh yeah, you know he had a bad day. He just killed ten people. You know, it's just we just go out and just exactly. But I'm telling you, if he was a person of color, you know, it would be oh this guy should be sinned. The whole family should be shunned against. It's it. It's it's like, just it so. It's this routinely thing that just happens to minoritized and oppressed groups like we could talk about school shootings and they will still not label him a terrorist they will not label him a terrorist at all why because his skin color protects him like that's yeah, but you know. like what boils me is that it's skin color that's yeah protecting these people and just this past year, you know, you had African American after after George Floyd, people were protesting against you know law enforcement and equal rights and civil rights. You can have everybody storm nation's capital and light mm-hmm. light stuff on fire. Sorry, I was about to say something else. Light stuff on fire. You know, the most protected building in the country just walks right in like it's you know you're checking in at a hotel, and it, it's all because you know the that community didn't have their way and I just think that's so refreshing because whenever they don't have their way they can do whatever means to get and there's never any repercussions or there's never it's never justified it's always just you know it is what it is let it go on but it's like it's so many people have lost their lives for doing the same things for fighting for reasons that actually matter for fighting for equal rights for civil rights etc Right. I know it's just, you know, it's all, it's all rooted in, in white supremacy throughout, throughout, throughout our country and the, you know, in pretty much any system, criminal justice system, law enforcement, right? I remember, I remember back um, 
in the beginning, during the beginning of the pandemic in, in like Michigan, where, where um, people were protesting, they couldn't get a haircut or something, right? Mm-hmm. And, and they were walking literally at the steps of the state capitol. There was even like a plot to, to murder the, the state's governor or kidnap and murder the state's governor. And then a few weeks later, a Black Lives Matter protest that that whole capital is is guarded. There's the National Guardsmen called in, and it's just crazy seeing those two different like two different gas, rubber systems bullets. being right, right. Two yeah. different That's systems being played. The when they raided the Capitol, where were the where was the tear gas? Exactly. Where, was the, where were the rubber bullets? Like honestly. Yeah, and I'm, I'm yeah, no, no, I, I'm someone like I. I'm I'm someone who's always believed that you know spread love not hate, and I'm not saying I wanted see all these people tear gassed or rubber bullets or you know be you know fought with in an aggressive manner i just want to see things that are justified you know that's 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 the biggest issue with our country right now it's, you know we're such the beauty of america is the diversity right and i think another thing that, that i always laugh is how we have to be called asian american black american Af- sorry african american asian american you know hispanic slash american but you know like like what like since when does white people just become American? Because last time I checked, you know, the, f- the first people who lived in, oh my, that's a little, first people who lived in America were, you know, American Indians, right? So why are they called white Americans? You know, it's just, right. <laughs> that that always boggles my mind, but it, uh, I, I, I lost a train of thought. You can, you can go ahead. <laughs> I thought of that. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, exactly. Crazy white American. Yeah, we should probably do that. I don't know. Yeah. Honestly, the like a question that comes like this topic that has just been like I've seen it all over social media and like all over my TikTok especially. Um, it's this question of, well, like, why aren't people saying all lives matter right now? When Black Lives Matter like um, became like, well, it was already a movement, but when it became in light of like all of the hate crimes that were happening and um how it started to get the noise that it deserved like why aren't people arguing um all lives matter against stop asian hate when they were arguing it against black lives matter you know we're we're just we're always we're always last at the last at the um was the last at the water bowl I i don't know the phrase you know what i mean we're always last to get called to you know indulge in in the enjoyments of life, you know? And I think that's a big thing also with representation. Um, one thing during COVID I picked up on was acting, you know? And like, this was the first year where we had an Asian actor being nominated for like uh, leading man or leading actor to role, right? Um, and there has been progress, but still there's been so many instances where, you know, Matt Damon is a Caucasian guy and he played, you know, an Asian where with a ponytail and great wall, like a Chinese movie, Emma Watson, also another Caucasian female played a role as a part-time Asian woman in Aloha and it's just like why why you know like is it because games, how, the, the Hunger Games how Finn was supposed to be an Asian guy but then all of a sudden like you watch the movies and he's a white guy like mm-hmm. where is it, that like you guys really couldn't have and the thing that upsets me like I had literally I'd read the Hunger Games but I had like never actually considered that into thought until my coworker actually told me while like we saw Hunger Games playing on the TV like hey like he was supposed to be an Asian guy but he wasn't casted as an Asian guy because 
like in the book they detail him as this like masculine really good looking guy you guys couldn't have casted an asian guy that was good looking I've seen exactly it, it, again it's that representation yeah and asian men you know we were talking about the the fetishes of asian women but like asian men are often look as you know just you know the the doctors and the nurses or the, you yeah. know the people who are just going to do your taxes right and i it's just it just really just comes down to representation and i feel like representation plays such a big part and i know boston you're really into like politics and you know we're seeing a little more in asian representation in politics but i still think that more needs to be done you know because majority it's still caucasian um male female majority caucasian male yeah, I yeah think definitely a lot of people looked up to her i know i like I looked up her, and I know I know a lot of kids who look up her. Like when I tutor kids, and they talk about, oh, when I, they're like, oh, like Kamala Harris, she's the first female vice president. Like just them saying that, like, just feels like it makes me proud to be Asian. Whenever they just like, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, rep representation definitely matters. I remember, I think one of the first or why I got you know interested in politics because when I saw when I watched a a committee hearing, a Senate committee hearing, I, I immediately focused on an Asian American senator, um, a woman senator, and saw, you know, the connections um, between the two. So definitely see, having more BIPOC, more people of color in, you know, different higher levels of government, for example, um, that definitely makes an impact. I mean, just just this past week or a couple of weeks ago, um, my, my state assembly member, Ron Bonta, was elected the California's first uh, Filipino-American attorney general. And I was hella proud of that. <laughs> um, just seeing, you know, seeing someone that looks like you in the field that you want to go to, um, it, it makes it seem possible, you know, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Seeing more Asians in like the media industry, you know, with Crazy Rich Asians being like a really like, like broad stopping like movie that came out like seeing Asian representation in the US the US um, entertainment industry but it's still like we need more representation yeah. subcategories of Asian communities are still not represented yeah and it irritates me because you know a lot of people be like well you know you got your one movie so don't complain right <laughs> it's it's just why does why why is that enough? Someone that like looks like me, like you know that exactly. type of thing. Like my like I'm of a paler like Filipino person, but like there are Fili there are Filipino people that are darker than me, and yet mm -hmm. I have yet to seen to see a Filipino person that with a darker complexion on the screen. Even mm -hmm. within like um, beauty pageants, a lot of them are biracial. Mm -hmm. They have Caucasian features. Like I have yet to seen, to see people that look like me. The full Filipino. The full Filipino. Like especially with the models. I, I'm not saying like, it's not fair. I'm saying yeah, like, it's not a bad thing, but it's just like, you are really gonna present someone with these Eurocentric features, but there's so much beauty in the Filipino culture. And yet you're trying to mask it with Caucasian and Eurocentric features. That's what pisses me off. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I feel like we've, we've talked about a lot uh, in the past, you know, 30, 30, 35 minutes or so. Um, but I would like to hear from you guys, 
like what's next how do we how do we take action how do we encourage others to take action how do we spark change how do we become this movement that can lead us into a better you know um into increasing representation and increasing um you know equal rights for asian americans and you know people of color across the country like what what can we what do you guys what do you guys think we can do as a whole don't stay silent start like it starts with like like okay um like being loud make it say every say everything louder and just talk to your parents too because they share stuff on facebook they're lot they have a lot of facebook friends our like our parents probably don't talk about it because they also have like this idea of like oh stay silent okay well if we see it on tiktok on instagram not to stay silent we need to like pass it pass it on too go to rallies like donate go like um like Asian creators on YouTube, like support them, support Asian businesses, especially like Chinatown, Japantown, and San Francisco, which are in are probably like are probably won't last, like because they their business is down. Like Japantown is on like the brinks of closing. So, so gentrification, obviously. Support Asian businesses, support Asian artists. Um, like listen to the music. Like, there's so many things you can do to support. Yeah, like I also agree. Like right now at my um, school, I go to UC Santa Cruz, and I'm um, examining like different research methods, research methods and ways that we can help our communities through. Um, what I learned was liber liberatory psychology and community engaged research, where we start with the bottom up process. Um, I feel that it is important to address the issues of oppressed and, and minoritized groups. With this being case of um, Asian Americans. So I feel like we should give a platform to Asian Americans and this is now the time to speak up. This is now the time to not be quiet, to use your voice, to use your platforms, use your social media and spread awareness, like educate yourself, learn about Asian history. Like we have so much history and it's, and it's yet it's covered by like systemic racism. Like we need to educate our communities and like unite, form one. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you know, just to expand on that, your, your profile, your, your platform is, is, is not, is not small. You could always reach out to someone, whether that be family, friends, uh, cousins, teachers, you know, talk with teachers, um, other community members, uh, neighbors, right? All of that. Your pro, your platform is never too small to make a difference, to make an impact on someone else's life. Um, mm -hmm. And even if you do that, you make an impact on on just one life, on one person, that could immediately cause a trickle down effect, you know, that could be spread and spread. So therefore your impact is much larger than what you may think. So definitely, um, uh, yeah. What, what yeah. Rihanna, what Clarissa said, that was spot on. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree with that. Um, you know, and early, earlier I talked about just the diversity issues and, you know, being in a place like Texas, I, I've, I never felt more proud of like my friends of when I see them reposting other stuff about, you know, the Asian community or just things in general um, that don't target them because you know, most of them are, are Caucasian. And it, it's, you know, as I said earlier, my, my whole, my whole mindset mentality, so we can spread love, not hate. Right. So don't, instead of, you know, getting frustrated with people who don't understand, do your best to educate them. Right. Repost things on your story, 
um, talk to them, do research on your own, reach out to those who are affected. I had a friend who texted me um, amidst, you know, when the Asian, Asian hate crimes really started going out, he was just like, dude, just checking in, just you know, love you, love you always, appreciate you, you're not this, you're not this alone. And he's not Asian, you know, he was white. And that, it's, it's things like that. So reach out to those, do your research, be educated. Um, and I think another thing for all of us is, you know, for anybody who watches this, um, a lot of them, you know, being a Mro Catholic High School Publis um, podcast is to break the norms. You know, earlier we talked about how we always feel like we have to succumb to our parents' decisions and be the nurses, be the doctors, be the mathematicians, be the tax attorneys, et cetera. Um, if you have a dream, if you have a passion, go for it. You know, you, the, those are going to lead to a lot of uncomfortable conversations that you have with your family. But, you know, you, it, it's, I feel like it's going to be worth it. It'll show a lot of maturity, it'll show a lot of growth. Just do what you're passionate. Uh, do what you're passionate about, pursue your dreams. And, you know, don't always do something because other people told you to. Because not only does, are we, you know, being, being victim to our own parents, our, to our parents, you know, parental suppression, whatever you want to call it. Um, but that also is another way that we succumb to society's norms, right? To start breaking those barriers. Um, but does anybody else have anything else to say? I want to add one more thing. Um, so speaking up is important, but it's also important to like acknowledge like what happened and to report it. So just saying, if you ever experience like any um racial or like witness it too you should report it to stop aapihate.org because those reports like that's a national reporting center and that all those reports go to like the government and they they won't create like any initiatives or like any task force or anything if they don't like see like the data and the proof so just by reporting it like it takes like like five minutes just reporting something um, to that website that could make all the difference in like the future legislation like future laws getting passed like just take the time to visit that website or donate to that website too because that's a major organization in this fight against um, Asian hate so I'm just saying stop AAPI hate stop AAPI hate.org it's it's hard I still get used I'm still getting used to it <laughs> yeah link will be in the description <laughs> uh, great so um and this wraps up another episode of speak out tune in to hear what we have in store for you next you definitely don't want to miss out speak out can be found on spotify google podcasts and youtube again my name is evan mel my name is clarissa Guevara. Oh, my name is boston palacios And then Rihanna, you have to say your name one more time. <laughs> My name is Rihanna Felix. Great. And that's all we have time for today. And thank you for tuning in to speak out. Thank you. Ooh.